Hello and welcome to Radio SGN. I am one of your humble hosts, A.V. Eichenbaum, pronouns they, them, and with me, as per usual, Lindsay Anderson, she, her pronouns, rocking the mic. Yeah, I got a new mic that I'm borrowing from the office, so uh, hopefully y'all can hear me a little bit better. That is exactly what they are there for, so that is fantastic. Lindsay, we've been doing this show together for a little over a year now. And um, with everything going on in the news with Alex Jones and Andrew Tate showing up on my feed for some reason and Joe Rogan still existing, I, I wanted to do a sort of a character. This show could have had a different sort of tone. I wanted to run that by you. Does that sound good to you? You can jump in anytime. Yeah, that sounds great. So this is a character I like to call Rise and Grind Ash. You know, there are all these podcasters that are successful just for saying that they're successful, and I thought that that would be fun to explore. Are you ready? I'm ready. You know, people always ask me, Ash, how do you get to be such a Sigma they them? You know, how are you so successful and so financially sound and your mental health is like so pristine? And I tell them, I'm none of those things, okay? But if you want to be like me, here's your schedule. This is what you do, okay? First thing in the morning, you wake up. That's number one. It's important. You got to get there, all right? You got to take a deep breath. You got to chug an energy drink before you've put a shirt on. That's key. I like to use Rain Energy Drink. Uh, it's owned by Monster. I've been drinking the Mangomatic quite a bit lately. Uh, you want to have a cigarette in the morning, but you don't want to have that first cigarette before 9 a.m. because otherwise it's a problem, right? And you want to space out your cigarettes. Oh man, I'm having I'm having a panic attack. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> I'm like having some like weird PTSD just sitting here. Yeah. Like that was scary accurate. Like that was terrifying. <laughs> Let's just let's okay. get it done. Let's get it out of our system. They say that the health benefits of quitting smoking happen three hours after you decide to have that last cigarette. So if you space out your cigarettes every five hours, you get to have those health benefits three times a day. That's three times the health benefits. Also, tobacco is a plant. Can't be bad for you. Causes cancer. So does rainwater. Uh, this is a bad energy. I don't like this. I was going to do this bit for more than like a minute. I, I don't think I can pull that this off. This feels really cursed. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, it's a bad vibe. I don't, <laughs> I it don't is. like it. Oh gosh. How'd you start off? I want to try this. You got to yeah. be your own God. You know, you got to think yeah. about yourself and be like, oh, I hydrate. People are like, how do you be a macho man these days? How do you just exude <laughs> sex? This is how you do it. Okay. First things first, exfoliation. Second thing, exfoliation again. You gotta really get all that grime off your face. Morning and night, sometimes middle of the day if you're just feeling icky, okay? Moisturize. Never forget to moisturize. Moisture, I-Z-E. Real men use sunscreen, rain or shine, sunscreen on your face and on your neck because you can always tell a dude's age by looking at his neck. So keep that neck wet bros. <laughs> you need a balanced breakfast, okay? Don't skip breakfast. I'm talking blueberries. I'm talking parfait yogurt, okay? Real men drink tea. You gotta have a solid gut biome, bro. You yes. gotta get that yogurt in your system. I don't do that personally. My breakfast is generally way too much espresso. You're gonna sweat throughout the day. You're anti-oxidizing, okay? The main source of American antioxidants in the diet, coffee. So you gotta drink at least 
four shots of espresso and then 12 extra ounces of coffee every day. If you don't feel uncomfortable in your skin, are you really non-binary? You need those endorphins, dude. If you're gonna be a successful man, woman, they, them, you're gonna need those endorphins and you could get those through walking. Take your dog for a walk, take your cat for a walk, respect the women in your life and take them for a walk. Hold their hands and cherish them, dude. Fucking cherish them. I listen to at least two podcasts every morning. One's about birds, the other one's about Buddhism. You gotta get yeah. centered and you gotta know about your environment, bro. Yeah. The best time to listen to your podcast is on a hot girl walk. This hot is... girl walks, good for the brain, good for the booty. And if you are going to be a successful macho alpha, you need a butt. You need a butt that you are proud of. Beyonce said, if it's not a struggle to put on your jeans, you don't know her pain. Real men know pain. So you better be aching to get those jeans on, bro. You want that Sigma ass? You gotta go on hot girl walks. That's just how it goes. That's how you get into the mindset. You gotta have that mindset. You gotta pledge allegiance to the non-binary flag every morning and believe that you're gonna be your most chaotic self every day. And then you go and you take a deep breath. You sit with your emotions for a little bit and you register how you're feeling because that's valid, bro. That's super valid. And then you have to kind of wash away any negative thoughts because you are worth love and you are worthy of being cherished and you don't have to put other people down to feel worthy okay dude and you don't have to be a man to be a real man you know what i'm saying yeah you don't have to be born with xy chromosomes to be a real no. sigma male real sigmas though they go to therapy okay they listen to themselves and they work yeah. through they talk to their inner child and they're gentle with it you gotta be gentle with your inner child bro Smash the haters away. And if you're your own hater, just go to therapy, my man. Hurt people hurt people. You know, you got to heal and love yourself before you can heal and love the world around you. You got to take pride in the little things. You got to be gentle with your inner child and aggressive with your inner adult. Okay? Rise, grind, love. The grind never stops for activism, bro. Okay? If you're not in the street every day... Advocating for queer, trans, women's rights, abortion rights. If you are not fighting to make sure that every child gets to educate themselves with CRT, you're wasting your masculinity. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your time. Stay in the streets. Stay woke, mother bros. <laughs> I was going to say motherfuckers, but I, I felt like that was too aggressive, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I had one and I lost it. Hold on. Oh. There are no off days when it comes to your mental health. You gotta keep that shit on lock. <laughs> you gotta be mindful. Sigmas take their time. Sigmas sit down and listen to themselves. They really, really yeah. think about it. You gotta make sure you're respecting bodily autonomy, bro. It's the ABCs. Always be consentful. Absolutely. If you're not seeking consent, you are not sexy. You know what? Nobody wants to bang someone that is not actively looking for enthusiastic consent. And if, if that is not at the forefront of your mind, every time you're looking to pick someone up, go home. I'm going to sip my tea now because an alpha drinks green tea in the morning. That actually took a huge turn from what I was planning, which is just like my shit lifestyle professed as good advice. But I think a lot of what we said there 
you should listen to it. You know, it's it's a it's a different vibe. Yeah, you know what? If you didn't get enough from Ask Izzy this week, <laughs> tune in and ask Lindsay and Ash. Okay. If you want, like, actually good advice about living with the grind mindfully, uh, Isabel's uh, podcast is great. Being Yourself Loudly is a really solid podcast to listen to. Don't listen to anyone telling you you're not good enough. Seriously, because you are. You sat through all of that, (laughs) and um, hopefully you feel better now. We have a great show coming up for you. Yeah. We have the Secretary of Health as our (laughs) interview today. Um, Speaking of just getting right with yourself (laughs) it's not a heavy conversation necessarily but it is a serious one and i wanted to start off a bit goofy today um, before we jump into that yeah so also if we scared you a little bit with our alpha mask presenting (laughs) advice right there just know that um men aren't funny uh, which is why you probably enjoy this podcast so much because neither of us are men but, you know, if you're if you're looking for some good non-male comedy, please check out Stephanie Nam's newest comedy showcase. It's this Friday, Men Aren't Funny, at The Rendezvous. It's located in Belltown. It's a great venue. It's a great venue. It's a historic venue. It's a haunted venue. The lemonade there is great. This is one of Stephanie's best shows. It features an all-women and non-binary cast of local comedians, and yours truly will be there for my my first time at men aren't funny so i'm really excited come check me out to see how short i actually am <laughs> it'll be a good time um and a lot of great comedians are going to be there jenna Nobbs is there she's hilarious melina melina who's like one of my best comedy friends love her she'll be there um and of course stephanie will be headlining and stephanie is a god a seattle god <laughs> i think i think i praise her so much um because I'm very inspired by her. She's like, she's like the mom I wish I had. Oh, Rochelle. Hi, <laughs> uh, yeah, mom. I hope you're not listening no, to this. Rochelle, hey, we appreciate you. My mom doesn't listen to this show. Um, my mom is all about the rise and grind mindset, and she brushes her teeth at least four times a day. You know what? My mom was like that. And then she got gum grafts, bro. Our next door neighbor is also our dentist. And so in the middle of the night, she would send my little sister over and be like, can Brad come over and look at my mom's gums? You gotta have a dentist as a neighbor if you wanna be Sigma, dude. You do. Shout out Brad, my Mormon dentist neighbor. (laughs) All right, we've got a great interview. Uh, Dr. Shaw is just a, a delight to have on the show. And I know I say that about a lot of our guests, but... I really appreciate that he gets passionate here, and hopefully that you appreciate that too. And we've got all that and more after the break. Radio SGN is brought to you by... The Seattle Public Library. Explore your kids' superpowers this summer with the Seattle Public Library's Summer of Learning program. Pick up a free superhero summer action guide from any library location to explore powers like kindness, empathy, and making the world a better place. Celebrate your superhero summer with a free end of summer celebration at the Burke Museum on August 28th. Download an activity guide and learn more at www.spl.org slash summer of learning. That's www.spl.org slash summer of learning. Hi, this is Dr. V. Hill with V. Hill Family Medicine. Ever wish your doctor knew you by name, understood where you were coming from, and listened to your unique health concerns and worries? 
I have built just such a practice where the focus is on you and the care delivered is in line with your values and ideals. Learn more about affirming primary care at VHill Family Medicine. Visit VIGILMD.com or call 253-693-0071. Joining me today via Zoom, he is an innovator and educator and the Secretary of Health for Washington State. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Umer Shah. Uh, Dr. Shah, thanks for being here today. I know you've got a pretty busy schedule. How are you? Ash, thanks so much. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always uh, busy in the world of public health, so it's great to join you today. I'm glad the weather is a little bit better than it's been our last couple of days, so uh, it's good to be here. Wonderful. So you're from Texas originally. That must be kind of an adjustment. Not originally from Texas. Mm. I transplanted to Texas. We were a family of immigrants that came to the Midwest, and my dad came in 1960 and moved to Cincinnati and then spent time in D.C., Chicago, and some other spots, and then uh, got somehow to Texas and spent the last 20 years of career in Texas before moving up here. So maybe not not true from Texas, but most immediately was there before coming up to the great state of Washington. Well, we're happy to have you up here in the Pacific Northwest. We're here today to Thank talk you. about monkeypox and the stigma around it. I understand that a monkeypox hotline just opened up for frequently asked questions. Could you elucidate on that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so we just launched a, a hotline, one 829 help that's 833-829-HELP. And it's really an opportunity for us to get the word out to community members across Washington to be able to, to answer questions related to monkeypox. We know that there's a lot that people have on their minds, and we want to make sure that we're there uh, to be able to answer that question. We've been working in partnership with Washington 211. Uh, you can also through 211 be able to get to the line, but it's the 833-829-HELP that we're moving people to be able to get information. And, you know, it, to be honest, we're getting a tremendous amount of questions just about what is monkeypox and what does it mean for me, my community? And then, you know, really ultimately we're, we're getting questions about how to prevent transmission and how to get vaccines. So I think all that is our attempt to be able to answer those questions for the public at large. You know, it's monkeypox, it's MPV. What is the proper terminology right now as accepted by uh, everyone talking about this? You know, we're going to talk, I, I know, Ash, a lot about stigma and stigma-laced language. Mm -hmm. And I think just the word monkeypox has that stigma connotation of related to monkeys and this and that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's really a lot of history that goes, you know, into the origin of this, which is well beyond this show. But I would say that what I would really recognize is that we are using the word interchangeably for now because there has not been an official change at the global or federal level. However, you're going to see me or hear me usually saying MPV, which is monkeypox virus, because we want to get away from the that term monkey and really get to more. It's a virus, just like we've had a, a number of other viruses. And let's not use any language that might stigmatize anyone uh, related to misunderstanding about what it's about. And a lot of people are saying it's a sexually transmitted disease, which looking into it, it's technically not that. It's not an STI, but it is transmissible via touch. So it's transmissible during sex, but not via sex is what I'm understanding. Is that 
correct? Do I have a beat on that? You do, you do, absolutely. So, so it's it's not a sexually transmitted infection per se, but it is behaving like one. And I think what we have to remember is that it's really about the contact, the close skin to skin contact, especially with those lesions, the rash that is really where you have the opportunity for transmitting from one person to another. So oftentimes that's during sexual contact. As we often know is that sexual contact results in sex. So you know, so there is that piece of it. So that's why it's acting like uh, a sexually transmitted infection. But we also know that uh, sexual contact can also uh, mean behaviors or ways to transmit infection from one person to another that are not just about sex, but also about that intimate contact. But there is a conversation around gay men and their sex lives when it comes to MPV. Why, Why is that? It's I know it's a little complicated. And when we met uh, at the roundtable summit a couple weeks back, there was a lot of concern, especially given the AIDS crisis of the 80s and the mishandling of that. Would you be able to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's part of the the misinformation and the stigma that's out there is that, as you said, that it is being re- reported out there, it's a gay disease, when in reality, this is a human disease that anyone can contract if they are in contact with the rash. And so that's why we've got a a very careful but important message that we want to make sure it's going to multiple people, multiple audiences. One is to the general public, your risk to the general public is low at this time. And that does not mean that if there's a new rash that you discover in your body or there is a, a rash on somebody that you are, uh, regardless of who you're having sexual contact with, if you are in or even a skin-to-skin contact with somebody with a rash that that person doesn't know what it is or you don't know what it is, that's where you have transmission. So that's the mm-hmm. human aspect of the, the general public has low risk because we don't have as many people out there with the rash. Mm-hmm. However, there is risk there. And it is uh, particularly important because right now on that second audience is that we are also looking at our data and our data, both in our state, as well as across the country. As in fact, the New England Journal of Medicine just did a 16 country review of MPV in the 16 countries, the preponderance of the data that we have, again, global country and Washington, is that this is in uh, the population of individuals who are men having sex with men. That does not mean that it is only there. And that does not mean that those behaviors can't be elsewhere. And that's why it's so critical that we focus on not having any false sense of security, but also that we don't stigmatize by a certain, as you said, gay disease. That's not what this is. And so let's talk about it. HIV AIDS, right? In the 80s, we absolutely went through this. And it was terrible how this played out in this country. And we have to acknowledge that. But let's also acknowledge alongside with that what happened during Ebola, right? Where mm-hmm. you had African populations and all of a sudden every, it was it was three countries in Africa, but the entirety of the continent, no matter who you were it, from Africa, you had Ebola until proven otherwise. And then Zika occurred and we did the same thing with our Hispanic, Latino, Latin American population. We said Central America, you know, those, those people who are, you know, 
immigrants, they're bringing it into when it was a mosquito, an insect that was that was the transmission route. And then we did the same thing with COVID-19 at the very beginning with mm-hmm. and, and throughout with Asian Americans. So this is not unfortunately, Ash, new to how we society handle infections. We somehow figure out a way to divide people and start pointing fingers at people. We stigmatize people. And why this is so important to me is that what that does is one, it's wrong to the individuals. But number two, what it does is it makes somebody less likely to come to get care. To, to say I've got a rash or to say I may be at risk or to describe the kinds of behaviors that they're involved in. And what that does is it puts that individual and those around that individual at risk. And then guess what? It makes our jobs a heck of a lot harder when we're in the health and the public health and healthcare community to fight a new virus. Because guess what? People who really can come together and give us information and help us and work with us and we work with them they're scared. And that's why stigma can be so damaging. And that's why I feel so strongly about it, Ash. Dr. Shaw, thank you for your passion. You know, you put it all out there. You said exactly what I think a lot of us know, but don't talk about a lot. We do tend to stigmatize people over paying attention to the facts. So how can people get MPV? It's skin-to-skin contact. It's not airborne, thank God, right? So what are the various ways we can prevent skin-to-skin contact, even if it's non-sexual? That's right. So behavior is how this disease spreads, uh, which is not surprising because that's, guess what? How most infectious diseases spread. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so two things. One is that, you know, we are rightfully focused on vaccines but vaccines are not a silver bullet that ultimately it's about the behaviors. And so it's close, personal, often skin to skin contact with anyone with an infectious rash that can cause that infection. But it's also then touching objects, fabrics, surfaces that have been used by someone with true MPV, not the perception that somebody has MPV, again, stigma, but, mm-hmm. but has MPV and or even with contact with those respiratory secretions. What I mean by that is that, for example, if you had MPV on sheets in a home and you're the person who's going to then go, you can't see my arms going up and down, but you know, taking the sheets and putting them up and down mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, as you take them off the, off the mattress and then you're inhaling those secretions and those secretions then could cause a respiratory transmission. But again, it's a very limited, this is not, there's been a lot out there. And of course, things change over time. So we have to remember that. But what we know now is that there's a lot of information out there that it's airborne and that is not accurate. It's a very limited type of situation that I just described, but otherwise it's really skin to skin contact with anyone who has an MPV rash. And that's really how you spread it. And just to put my sort of hypochondriac mind at ease, it's not necessarily fatal, right? It's not fatal. That is some a rumor that's been going around just that it can kill. So there are, uh, and I don't have the exact numbers, I'm going to say 30,000 cases across the globe. There have been about a dozen deaths, 12 deaths. It's not that you can't die, but usually it's uh, two things. One, somebody who may be frail or immunocompromised in some way. Or, or may just delay their access to care. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that piece. And then the second piece is, is frankly that, um, you know, if, you, if somebody gets the complication, if somebody 
has an additional disease situation or condition that came secondarily because they were hospitalized, then that can also get to, and what I mean by that is, let's say you had an inflammation of the heart, well, myocarditis, which is what that's called, there are scenarios where that can cause some additional conditions like a heart attack. So it's not that you can't, but it's really unlikely mm -hmm. because when you're looking at 30,000 plus, you're you're really uh, doing the math and it's just a markedly smaller group of individuals. Thankfully, in our state, we've had just shy of 300 cases, 270 some, and uh, we have not had any deaths. And I want us to do everything we can so that we continue it that way. Well, let's, let's talk about the vaccine a little bit. So the vaccine itself is a smallpox vaccine, correct? That's right. The same kind of the family of, of smallpox. Uh, that's what this virus is. So it's it's a similar vaccine as well. So um, I guess I'm not a medical professional, right? Could you explain a little bit about how the vaccine is being distributed and why the smallpox vaccine works for MPV? Yeah. So again, you know, as I, as I just mentioned that it is in the same family, it's important to remind everybody when the FDA made the approval, they called it the Genios smallpox and monkeypox vaccine. So we do know that it can be used in both conditions because it's the same family of virus. So the truth is, and this is really important because I know you want to make sure that the right information is out there. The truth is that we do not have enough vaccine to go around in this, in this country. And that means that we've got to do our best to determine who is appropriate to get the vaccine. We want to focus it, as you can imagine, especially when you have, we're talking about thousands of doses, not hundreds of thousands or millions of doses mm -hmm. coming into the state of Washington, what we want to do is to really focus it on those who are at the highest risk, right? Somebody who has been diagnosed with, right? It's been a test that came back positive. In other words, one of those lesions was a rash was taken a test for by a healthcare provider. And in the laboratory, they came back and said, yes, this is MPV. That's where you want to make sure that you can get a vaccine to that individual but then we're doing what you heard a lot during COVID-19 about contact tracing, mm -hmm. right? So somebody who has been exposed to, right? Again, this is very difficult, right? To ascertain because, you know, it's, it's stigma in terms of answering questions. And a lot of times people don't want to say who they've had sex with or intimate contact with. It's a taboo. We, we don't like to talk about that in our society. So we've got to then have careful conversations with individuals who have been in contact with that individual who was now diagnosed with MPV to determine their exposure and their risk. And then they would also be in the group that would be able to get vaccine. And then as we get more and more vaccine, you start to open it up to other groups in terms of people who think they may be you know, at risk or their behaviors put them at risk, but it's all a, a real supply demand issue. Now, one of the Interesting things, Ash, that you may have seen over the last couple of days is the federal government has announced that they looked at the data and it appears that previously the way they were giving the vaccine, that it would only allow you to give one dose per vial. And they changed it, looking at the studies again, to see that there's a different way of giving the vaccine, which is called technical term intradermal which basically means under the skin, almost like if you've ever had a TB tuberculosis skin test and they kind of, you know, they kind of put a needle under your skin 
and they kind of get that little yeah. that little bubble that comes up and then it you know then you come back a few days later and they say oh okay you have tb or you don't have tb a lot of us have had that test done so it's a very similar type of subdermal injection or or placing it under the skin which now then would allow for in each vial instead of just getting one dose you could get potentially five doses okay. now increases the amount of vaccine that would be available. Again, we're we're working to get some of that guidance from, you know, our federal partners. And so we're all on the same page. And then hopefully with that in mind, now we'll have some increase in availability that we were not even expecting to have initially when we were having all these conversations about limited supply. It's still going to be limited, but it won't be as limited as it was previously. Small victories. We celebrate that a lot on this show. Um, <laughs> As we should, as we should. We are coming close to the end of our time together. What would you like to say to our listeners before we go? You know, I would say this is always a challenging time when we learn of an evolving and an emerging situation. And we all want to have the answers today about everything today. And especially with a fast-paced way that news carries, we want to make sure that we are getting everything today. What we know is that we're going to get more information over time and things are going to evolve and that's okay. But what we do know is that there is uh, absolutely the vaccine, as you and I just talked about, the importance of the vaccine and vaccinating those at the highest risk. There is no general recommendation to the public, the general public to get a MPV vaccine. That's not recommended at all at this point. But what we are saying to people is prevention, prevention, prevention. There are things you can do absolutely today. One is be hyper, super, super, super vigilant on your own skin about and the skin of your, your you know, close contacts, your partners to say, if there is a rash and I don't know where this came from or what it is, or nobody's ever diagnosed this before, I haven't gone to the health department, get it checked out. And in the meantime, keep it covered. And if necessary, and if it's where, depending on where it is, do not engage in behaviors that's going to allow a transmission of that rash to someone else. Number two is prevention, prevention, prevention. Do everything that you can to help us get the word out about in a non-stigmatizing way about the importance of having very reasonable ways to prevent this. Avoid the skin contact, cover your rash, be careful around the linens and the clothes of somebody who's been again, diagnosed with MPV, and then help us get the word out about the fact that this is a, again, a human disease. And this is all about how we need to work together and not work against each other. That, Ash, if we could do, I would feel like we've had another small victory here and we've been successful. Well, thank you very much. Um, Before we go, where can we find more information about this online so I can add it to the show notes and our listeners can check that out? after they're done. Yeah, that's great. Uh, We can absolutely make sure you have that. If you just go, just Google Washington State Department of Health or Washington Department of Health or Washington DOH, and it'll pull up our website. That website right smack on the front page has information about MPV and you can click on it and it'll take you to the page that will give you the information on both how you can get information, where you can get vaccine, And I think also, if you can remind people of the uh, 833-829-HELP number, 1-833-829-HELP, and that way they can absolutely 
ask questions that they may still have about MPV. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for joining us today. And we may speak again in the future. Um, It's my pleasure. I hope we don't have to talk under these circumstances, but I am always open to spending time with you. and, And I really appreciated the way that you both help get the word out, but also do it in a way that provides information, but makes sure that people understand the the truth and the not truths that all go in together. So absolutely look forward to this and, you know, please um, continue to do the great work you're doing. Oh, thank you very much. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to be talking a little bit about the news today, a little bit about uh, the Renaissance Fair that Lindsay went to over the weekend. Shout out to Mike Andrew for writing this. Joe Kent is a far-right Congress candidate. He's on the ballot in southwestern Washington. We got to make sure, guys, if you're listening down there, that he does not make it into Congress because I can't stand to lose any more rights. Uh, you know what's absolutely terrifying is that the Republican he beat out voted to impeach Donald Trump. And like this is something we've been kind of trying to watch for this upcoming election is to see if going against Trump was going to impact Republicans. And a lot of people kind of thought that it wouldn't. But it is, and it's terrifying. I was seeing in another state somewhere, like in the Midwest, Democrats are voting in Republican primaries to get the most far-right Republicans elected because they think that they will be easier to beat out. But like they're registering as a Republican on their ballots to be able to vote in the Republican primaries when they are typically Democratic voters. It's not illegal or anything, but it's a little shady. And it's also like, it's a really bad tactic because I would rather have, you know, a moderate Republican than this guy, this Joe Kent guy. Well, this is why the two-party system doesn't work, right? Yeah. It's another reason to figure out a different way going forward, hopefully in the next few years, if the planet's still around, if humanity survives into the next few decades, we can uh, move towards something that's a little bit more equitable. Yeah. Um, I, I read that a lot of people are against the Electoral College continuing. Oh, I've been fucking against that forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's super messed up and elitist when you think about it, like the Electoral College. Absolutely. And it's the reason that we got Bush instead of Gore. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason we got Trump instead of Clinton, which led to a lot of other issues uh, more recently. But it's my own personal opinion that we should be taking the time to seriously look at different options in terms of what does it mean to have a republic and what does it mean to vote. I know people that have voted Green Party their whole life and it's basically they're throwing away their vote. It makes me so mad too. Because yeah, it's like... That's where I would love to put my vote, but I don't want another fascist in power. Mm-hmm. Well, and the problem too is like, if we were to become a three-party system, it's going to split one of these two major parties and make the other one much more powerful that way. And so I think that what some Democrats are hoping is with far-right Republicans like Joe Kent, that, you know, we'll see a split of the Republican Party with, you know, moderate Republican, stank Republican, and then these Trump, you know, fascists basically forming their own party and making the Democratic Party much more powerful that way. But I don't think that's where it's going because the Republicans also don't want to split in their party. And so it's forcing people like Marco Rubio, who, you know, I mean, 
he's not great, but he's not the absolute worst, you know, to then support, like, Donald Trump. Well, when we say fascist, I want to be clear, I mean fascist. The word gets thrown around a lot, but let's look at history, right? The key move for a fascist uh, rise is you single out an already ostracized community as the source of all of your problems. Uh, That happened with the Jews. That happened with the LGBTQ community. Already, it's happening again here with the trans community, the Mm -hmm. LGBTQ community. There is a lot of anti-Semitism in the party. It's not as prevalent as it was back in the day, but it's still there. You find people that you think are lesser, and you make them the source of all of your problems, and then you rally against those people. Yeah, well, and it's the suppression of information, too, with them, like, attacking critical race theory in schools. Yes. Like, my school district that I grew up in this week is holding a meeting to discuss the idea of banning critical race theory, discussion of gender identity, trans identities, non-binary identities in K through 12 education. I mean, growing up, my introduction to racial equality, to gender and sexuality was in my high school, my public high school, from really good social studies teachers that are now going to be censored because we are seeing this rise in like fascism. And it's also about misinformation, Mm -hmm. right? Scaring the public, uh, telling people that it's not worth your time to look at the gender spectrum because science says there's only two genders, which is just not Mm -hmm. true. There was a guy who in Florida released his plan for taking care of the LGBTQ plus problem. Very um, scary. Is this the pastor guy that was saying to like go out and kill them or is that a different guy? Yeah, shoot him in the head. Anyway, he's he's a higher up in the federal government now uh, and he has a plan for his presidency and the entire country going forward. Um, We had Todd Billsborough. He and one of his uh, trans listeners actually wrote an essay and did a really great episode about this recently. Um, I highly recommend it. That'll be in the show notes. And it analyzes it. Uh, Todd can be pretty intense, but he's he's saying good stuff. Uh, If you're listening, Todd, (laughs) uh, thanks for all you do. Um, Shout out Todd. Shout out Todd Billsborough. He's a veteran and a philosopher, and um, he has a pretty good grasp, I think, on what all sides of the situation are. He tries to be pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good take. But that's not all that was in the news this week. Um, Sue Bird also had her final flight. I was uh, lucky enough to be able to go to that show. That show. I was Show? It was a show. That's how, you, that's how you can tell you're such not a sports person. Such a nerd. I like hockey because they go from perfect Fibonacci spirals and dancing on the ice to just beating the shit out of each other <laughs> in like 0.5 seconds. And I think it's a beautiful example of the uh, duality of mankind. Hockey is fun. One of my friends is a professional hockey player. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love a storm game. Uh, it, it is a game. I know, but it, it feels like a full performance. Well, and the, the intermission is, like, interactive. Yeah, it's, it's fun, you know. Um, <laughs> Sue Bird was, uh, during her career, one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and Seattle is better off for having her on the team for 20 years. Her enthusiasm is palpable when you go, and you can really thank Sue for making the Seattle Storm fans uh, what they mm-hmm. are. Without Sue Bird all these years, I don't think the the game would be the same.
Another cool thing that happened this past weekend, the Leo Party is back. It's a benefit that helps uh, the Leo Foundation, and this year it also helped out uh, Pride Asia. Alexa Manila sat down with our intern, Georgia, and talked to her about that. That's a great piece. Go and check it out. If you couldn't make it to the party at Neighbors, you can still read about it. And shout out Georgia, who is now back in Prague, and we miss her very much. Hi, Georgia. Hi, Georgia. Hope you're listening. You're probably not. That's okay. <laughs> no, she's like being cool in Prague. Yeah, being a cool, hip fashion industry mm-hmm. intern or whatever other shit you do. But shout out Georgia. It was great to have you in Seattle while we had you. If you want to see more of Georgia, check out our TikTok at SeattleGayNews underscore. So we had some good stuff in the news. Ask Izzy had its debut column and it was very insightful. We already talked about Isabel's podcast but if you want to see ask izzy go ahead online and check it out Lindsay, let's let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about probably one of my favorite queer activities uh the renaissance fair i i grew up a renaissance fair kid (laughs) surprising no one no um but i have uh i have the pointed ears and multiple piercings (laughs) and high cheekbones of a renaissance fair goer. (laughs) When you were talking about going to see Sue Bird play in her last game, Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like you probably felt about as out of place there as I felt at the renaissance fair. Like, it would have been a great Freaky Friday body swap for us, (laughs) I think. But yeah, no, it was an experience for sure. Just to preface this, like, the Ren Fair was really cool, but this is, like, not the type of nerd I am. For sure, yeah. I have never read or seen Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Not an Arthurian legend kid. No. Yeah. No, not... None um, of that Lady I'm, of the Lake no shit. No Game of Thrones. For sure. No, I'm not a d and It would just, like, I was going to go play with you one time at your apartment and I couldn't make it. And then my partner was like, for the best, you would have annoyed everybody no. there because you don't no. understand. Look. Like, I would just be asking... No, like, I have to ask questions in Hi-Ho Cheerio about, like, how to play the game. Like, I am not a board game person. Look, man, um, D&D <laughs> is basically improv with an extra player that is an unfeeling pair of dice. That's all it is. That's it. That's it. D&D is for everybody, and I think anyone can be good at it. You just have to be willing to play in the space. I've been a DM for a long time. Um, I really do think you would enjoy it in the right setting. It's a judgment-free zone unless you fuck with my shit. The furthest my fantasy fun or whatever goes is I enjoy the the Owl House, the Disney Channel cartoon, when I'm with my little sisters because they love that show. And I will watch it and I will like, get into that and it's kind of witchy or like Halloween witches. But that's about as far as it goes. I mean, that's, you know? that's all you really need, right? Yeah. LARP is kind of where I draw the line, and I think Ren Faire is LARP without the rules. You know, you, you <laughs> dress up, you go out there, you just have a good time, and um, people shout insults at you in the most insane <laughs> ways. And, uh, yeah, I don't even have my Ren Faire outfit anymore. I, I need to invest in a new one because the NorCal Renaissance Fair was so instrumental to my, my upbringing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was really cool. I have a few complaints about the Ren Fair that I will start with. Okay, it was really interesting because the vibe that I thought from like the TikTok research I was doing on Ren Fairs, mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be like really queer, really gay, and like okay, it was like there was a lot of like queer and trans people. It was definitely like kind of a fun game of are they queer or are they Republicans? <laughs> um, 
and when it got hot, you could really tell because the sunglasses came out. And I feel like that's kind of the determining factor. Which is which? Um, who wears sunglasses and who doesn't in your brain? Oh, no, everybody wears sunglasses. But the Republicans wear those, like, you know, the ones that are, like, white rimmed kind of. And they're sort of, like, like, bubbly. Tinted, like, dark. Brown. Yeah. yeah, I've seen yeah. those. My dad wears those. He's a Republican. That checks. Yep. He also loves Renfair. A wide mix of people. And then we went to, like, I think it was the most family-friendly one. Renfair's in Bonnie Lake for three weeks. The first weekend was, like, pirate-themed. This weekend was, like, more, like, fairy, fairy tale-themed. Nice. And then the last one is across the multiverse. So it's, like, dress up as any character you want. That's new. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so we went to the fairy one because Isabel's very cottagecore. And this is kind of, like, their birthday present because their birthday's this week. And Isabel kept being like, oh, I want to go to a Ren fair. And I was like, you nerd. And they were like, I want to go to a Ren fair. And so I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll go to this Ren fair. We dressed up, and we got a lot of compliments on our outfits. Very cool. I just had, like, a long skirt and a corset top, but, like, the the pinnacle to our outfits was we had these little, like, witch hats that we just got from Panache on Broadway. During Pride, they were having, like, a, a sidewalk sale, and then we had these mushroom pins that, like, look like real mushrooms and just Aww, pinned them cute. to the hats. Yeah, everybody loved the little mushroom hedge hats. hedge witches. That's yeah. sweet. So it's really cute, but it was it was really hot at the Ren Fair. It was really crowded. The tickets were kind of expensive, and it seems like they were limiting the tickets, but they really weren't. Like you waited in line for an hour just to get food from like one of the little food stands, and nobody was wearing masks, and they weren't asking for vax cards. And so I was like, this is gonna be a super spreader event for sure, which is terrifying to me. I thought there'd be more plague masks, but not a lot of people were wearing plague it's masks. It's like fucking eighty-five degrees. It was so hot. Okay, it was so hot. And then they had like some kind of a rule, I think, for the vendors. Nobody could sell water for less than $4. So it was $4 for a single water bottle, which is insane. The food was astronomical prices as well. They had like turkey legs, you know, like that they have at Disneyland. And I was like, that's so cool. And I was like, I'm going to get a turkey leg. It's going to be all, you know, run fair, like so cute. You know, that's ham. And... It's ham? There's no turkeys no. that big. Yeah, it's ham. Well, that's blowing my mind. Yeah, also, it's not kosher. <laughs> not that they're concerned about that at Renfair, but... Fucking not kosher. But yeah, they also don't have um, very many vegetarian or dairy-free options at the Renfair. And their Fair. oysters are almost always just on the cusp of going bad, but always alive. Ew. I waited in line for an hour to get a turkey leg, and then I got up to the front... They're selling a single turkey leg for $20. No sides. It doesn't come with a drink. Like, that's just a hunk of meat. Yeah. I'm not going to pay a day's worth of labor for <laughs> one turkey leg. That isn't even real turkey, apparently. Yeah, so. for sure. I, I try to steer clear of those. I mean, it's an expensive yeah. thing. There's a lot of cool vendors, which is really nice. Like, a lot of the vendors are actually local artists and people that have, like, Etsy shops. So we were, like, collecting their cards to, like, check out their stuff later because we were thinking maybe stuff was, like, priced way up for being at the Ren Fair. But even so, I think Isabel spent, like, a paycheck on just like crystals and stuff alone yeah i always had to limit myself as a kid i mean i didn't really have like an allowance you know mm. so like it would be one item of like a 15 dollar value or less and this is also you know over a decade ago so that was a lot more money back then but still i would have maybe 20 dollars to my name so pretty close to now but um that's what i would that's what i would spend it on is like a wand or like 
there are so many like hat vendors there where it's like this is an $85 hat yeah the hats are so expensive but they're like they're handmade they're leather or whatever but who wants a leather hat in 90 degree weather and it's like these things you're only gonna wear at the Ren Fair hopefully I mean I remember kids coming to my high school dressed like some of these people at the Ren Fair hey no <laughs> I mean no. hey you know ska and steampunk I had the hat I had the goggles I yeah. fucking pulled <laughs> I'm not like you know hey there's a type for everybody <laughs> that's you know what the nerds in high school no offense Ash, the nerds, the band kids, they did pull. Oh, I wasn't a band kid. I know you weren't a band kid, but I'm just saying you have the vibes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so Ren Fair was, it was really interesting. They didn't have like a lot of interactive games that were free. It was like, you had to pay for everything. If you wanted to do like yeah. axe throwing, you had to pay. And I was like, oh, we already paid tickets to get into the fair. Like there should be some kind of free stuff. The shows were free. Um, we watched horseback riders do archery and that was cool Dope. did you see the jousting yeah. no there was jousting but the crowd around it was like so massive yeah. and i was just like i don't want to get monkey pox by having to slide past all these sweaty people just to see touching them all over the yeah i was like something's gonna spread at this this event i don't know what something probably covid probably monkey pox maybe like a hybrid of both is gonna be born at the renaissance fair Rough. you gotta see the jousting at some point in your life but once you've seen it <laughs> once or twice i don't think you'd need it more than that we did um like a make your own fairy house craft kit thing so there was like a little tent and we sat there and then while we were sitting there okay this is crazy this is crazy okay <laughs> while we we're sitting there there was this fairy catcher guy running around and it was just like a guy with a really long fake beard and a big net like going up to little kids dressed like fairies and like pretending to chase them and that was, like, all we thought it was. But then we're making little fairy houses, and the fairy catcher guy comes with a parade of people behind him mm -hmm. and a cart with a giant cage full of little children dressed as fairies. So he was, like, catching these fairies and putting them in a cage and then, like, parading them around <laughs> the Ren Fair. And people are, like, yelling, like, I hate fairies. And then they got to us, like, making our fairy houses, and they were, like shame on you for making fairy houses and i was just like oh my gosh what is this and the families that were there they like got into it so yeah. when you said you were like a ren fair kid like i was picturing like your whole family like just dressed up we didn't always dress up mm -hmm. um because it's a struggle with four kids you yeah. know and um, we did dress up once i was in high school a little more because i you know we can dress ourselves and whatever but yeah, not all of us got into it, and that's fine. It's not for everybody to do that. Also, it's like the costume shit is kind of expensive, so I would just kind of rummage around in like whatever old Halloween costumes my dad had worn were completely different sizes. He's much bulkier <laughs> than I am, so. And he's like a short king, right? <laughs> he is a short king. Yeah, I've been taller than my dad f since like the eighth grade. <laughs> by quite a bit but yeah uh it was fun it's more fun when you have like friends to go with also mm -hmm. or like i had partners in high school that would also get into it those were band yeah. kids or yeah. or theater kids you know yeah I, I don't know i always enjoyed it and um it kind of bums me out that i can't really afford to go anymore and i i don't want to drive an hour away yeah. from the city to do it. I wish Seattle had something closer to that that didn't feel bad to go to. Like, yeah. it didn't make me feel like I had to clean myself off after. Yes, I, like, 
first of all, did not realize that I cannot afford this. Like, after we went, I was like, we're going to have to have a conversation before we sign up to go to the rent fair again because it was, like, so much more expensive than I thought it would it's, be. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have much of, like, an idea what it was going into it, but, like, I grew up going to the county fair. Like, that was what my family did. Yeah. Showing goats and the rodeo. And... I mean, you're paying performers to do their job the whole time. So yeah. that's that's it. We paid a little bit more to be able to camp out there. So we drove up like Friday night before the fair actually like officially opened and they just had like a beer garden for people, but I don't like beer. Right. So we like checked it out and then didn't like really do much. But then we had a little campsite and the camp plots were really small. That's not an option back home for us. That's Mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I felt crazy being like the people that camp out at the run fair. But it was worth it. We could just walk right in at 10 a.m. when the fair opened the next day. And I was hearing from other people that had driven to get there that they got there at 10 a.m. in their cars and they waited in line until 1. And that was when they were getting in. Your Renaissance Fair seems way less organized than the one that I'm used to going, I think. It was crazy. It was the first time they've been, like, full capacity opened up since the pandemic. Mm. And so it was a lot more people came than usual because people are, like, you know, looking for events to go to now that COVID's over. Um, But, yeah, they were, like, it's never been like this before. It was just, it was packed. It was crowded. And there was no, I mean historically accurate maybe that there was no indoor plumbing <laughs> just porta potties yeah. um but yeah i felt like taking a shower when i got home yesterday was one of the greatest pleasures i've had in my life was just getting that grime off yeah fun fact honey hole has been around since the medieval ages the porta potty <laughs> company really no oh no. <laughs> <laughs> i, I would have believed you i'm gullible Uh, no worries (laughs) but you had fun at least i did have fun it was fun dressing up and i felt like a cute little witch maiden and i was like in no other place or context in my life would i dress like this we got a lot of cool crystals to bring home my favorite little souvenir that i got was uh this one artist who's local to seattle she has like antique teacups that she finds and then fills them with beeswax candles Uh uh-huh so I've got like a teacup candle. Very cute. Very cute. And yeah, that was my time at the Ren Fair. Any listeners out there, if you were also at the Ren Fair, please let us know what you enjoyed, what you didn't. Um, yeah. What you dressed up as. Love to see pictures. I, I spent the weekend delivering newspapers on foot because I don't drive. And uh, we had to fill in at the last minute. So um, I got a great workout. My weekend was very sweaty, <laughs> but worth it to get all of the great work out to all of the great spots. It is time for us to wrap up the show, Lindsay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can find us online at Seattle Gay News or at SGN Podcast, uh, both on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us in person at over 200 locations, uh, which I really got a feel for <laughs> over the past few days. Yeah, it, it just means so much to us that we have... I mean, maybe I can't speak for Lindsay. It means a lot to me that we have a great listenership and we have such a, a wonderful audience outside of the podcast and for the paper. It's a labor of love more than anything else. It mostly pays the bills most days. I'm, I'm really thankful to have the job and position I have. So, um, Lindsay, anything else you want to plug? Oh, yeah, get your tickets and please come to Men Aren't Funny 
Uh, every ticket sold um, makes Andrew Tate cry, so please do that. <laughs> Real Sigmas go to men aren't funny. Yeah. Yeah, take take it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being so fragile. Get over yourselves. Um, yeah. All right, gang. Invest in the education of the future and don't be preventing children from learning about critical race theory at my high school. Very mad about that still thank you guys so much for listening we've had a great show just a fun fun episode uh get vaccinated please wash your hands and we'll see you in the funny pages radio sgn is hosted by av eichenbaum and Lindsay anderson and produced by av eichenbaum music for this show is provided by trg banks and jesse spillane or was provided for free by Anchor. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on sgn.org or wherever you find podcasts.